Warning. The following episode contains discussion of sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised. This is Loudspeaker. Hey there. I'm your host, Sarah Menares, and you're listening to the We Podcast, where together we find inspiration, encouragement, and growth through stories and real talk. Here, we navigate the messy human experience together. We raise our voices and speak our truth. In this space, we value the conversations that broaden our perspective and help us fully understand that we are connected, we are capable of growth, and that we are not alone. Are you ready? Let's get real. You're listening to episode number 108. In this episode, I get to talk with Nicole Batiste. Nicole is a retired Army vet. She writes on Medium.com and also hosts a live wellness-centered show on Sundays. She's a core blogger for the Wellness Universe, and she has made it her mission to bring various forms and modalities of wellness and healing to her audience's awareness because she knows there are so many intricate nuances to healing. In her coaching practice, she focuses on mindset, emotional freedom, and mental and physical detox as the foundation of a healthy life. She enjoys seeing her clients increase their energetic frequency and flow through their mindset and nutrition mastery programs. We dive into things in this episode like trauma, being an empath, loving our bodies, letting go, and the power of surrender. There are so many valuable growth nuggets all throughout this conversation, so I can't wait for you to hear. Here we go. I have gotten the pleasure just in the last day or so to get to know Nicole a little bit, and I'm super excited about our conversation. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to to the conversation also. So best place, I think, to start is just to kind of give our listeners a little bit of your your story, your background. This is usually my favorite part because a lot of times, you know, when somebody comes on a podcast, they're they're seen as, oh, they're so successful, right? Like, and they've just happened upon this success or whatever we think about other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think we always tend to think that other people have it easier. (laughs) But so I love the backstory and kind of just what you've kind of journey through that's brought you to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. I battled um, depression and I used to hate myself like for most of my life, right? And I believe it started when I was molested at four and then I just experienced multiple assaults in that way and in other ways throughout my life, even into adulthood. And so really battled with with myself a lot. My negative self-talk was like huge. Like I was the mean girl to myself, but I'd give every, give everybody else grace. And so I, I can't explain that too, too well. But when I finally stopped getting that, well, when I finally, when I was finally tired of feeling that way, somehow my first personal development book landed in my lap. I have no idea still to this day how that book was introduced to me, but it woke me up a little bit. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen mm-hmm. Covey. I love that book. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it was like, it kind of just let me know that I didn't have to stay where I was like mentally, emotionally. I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought, you know, this, this is how I am. So um, taking responsibility for for shifting from that is is where my journey started. It was not an overnight journey. It still took over 20 years to <laughs> to fully get to a place where I love myself and appreciate and have some compassion for myself. So yeah, that's kind of how I, that's where I am now. And that's where my coaching really falls in line with when I work with people. 
Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know that that's not always easy. I was also sexually abused around the age of four. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. I think, you know, people get put together for different reasons, <laughs> but it is a young age and really can mold the way you see yourself, the way you see the world, the way yeah. The way you see your body, and I know for me, just in the last couple of years, I've really been working on trying to reconnect with my body because for most of my life, I've been living kind of disconnected mm -hmm. from my body. Yeah, yeah. I I I used to I really hate it. Not wouldn't say hate it, but I just I just didn't have an appreciation for my body. But reframing helped has helped a lot just giving having a different perspective on its purpose you know mm -hmm. as opposed to being something superficial that people look at it serves a purpose it gets me to where i have to go it keeps me alive it transports nutrients throughout you know so just really focusing on that has been really um, transformational for me as mm -hmm. far as like my mindset goes and my appreciation of who i am goes yeah yeah. So really shifting to that appreciation and the love mm -hmm. for your body and the things that it does and provides for you rather than I say, you know, I call it being at war with my body, which I know kind of leads into something that you do that we can talk about because I know you do coaching around nutrition and physical health. And I think another piece of that too is maybe the early childhood trauma also coupled with the messages from the media and the things that we are, you know, exposed to watching mm -hmm. growing up as well. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of, a lot of, a lot of our words are not our words. Like our beliefs are not our beliefs. We think they're our beliefs, but it's just that those the commercials and things are so they're so good because they usually they go they use psychology to create those commercials right and so they're so good at convincing you to do things that you probably would not have otherwise done right and i was sharing about like with my legs you could see the veins in my legs right and i used to hate that because the, the vein commercials are like get rid of those ugly veins i'm like if the commercial wasn't there i had to come to a conclusion like if the commercial wasn't there would i think my veins were ugly in my legs like they just they planted that that concept in your mind and so i again with the reframing i'm like okay these veins are getting blood and oxygen through my body <laughs> they are serving a purpose i'm glad that they're there <laughs> yeah exactly we kind of need those veins yeah exactly yeah so i get it if it's damaging and it's causing issues in the body blood clots or whatever i get that but the way the commercial is set up is as if like they shouldn't be visible at all like you should have flawless skin and like the facial commercials you should have flawless skin and the hair commercials your hair should look like this and it's like or you could just take care as best as you can do the right things with your nutrition and and accept who you are, right? Instead of trying to look like something that's probably been photoshopped. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I just recently read the book, The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. It's very, very good. But really, she, she talks a lot in her book about the messages that society gives us and how we're taught one body is better than another body or abled bodies are better than disabled bodies. Or, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times white bodies are better than, you know, mm -hmm. or skinny bodies are better than fat body. You like all of these things and how debt, oh, like it's so, so damaging and how none of us should be apologizing for our bodies and how they're all amazing. And it's just, it's so sad to me that the media it has so much power to, to really brainwash us. Yeah, yeah. That's why I stopped watching TV years ago. I cut cable. <laughs> it's like, it's not serving me. <laughs> I can find other ways to to be entertained. So I read and, but I like learning. So it, you know, I don't mind reading and researching and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I think parents have a big role to play to start 
before all the commercials get into the kids' brains, like start create a mindset of I am fine just the way I am, accepting yourself. That is not something that is taught anywhere. There's no book of life. And so if you have a parent who's unaware, they don't they only know what they know, right? And so you're you're subjected to that to that stuff. So I'm hoping that more word gets out about the effects that these commercials and things have on on young minds because they're you know the instances of of suicide and all that stuff that part plays a role but of course a lot of the the crap and the foods that we eat is also playing a role because our gut health is all screwed up because of all the chemicals and the foods and stuff so just knowing all of that stuff i just i'm hoping to reach people you know so that they can get ahead of it like right now i read stuff i'm like dang it why didn't my mom know that when I was a kid, you know, but mm-hmm. like I was talking to my sister last night and she was like, we didn't know it for us, but we know it for our next generation. So I'm just hoping that we can keep that cycle going. And the concept of voting with our dollars, like the, they only want you to buy more stuff. So if you stop buying the stuff that's not good for you and start buying the stuff that is good for you, they'll produce more of the stuff that's good for you. I want that concept to be out there even more. Like we're literally, we are not lobbyists, but we can, we still have a major impact. If we all pull together and like stop buying that crap and started buying stuff that was better for us, they'd take notice. <laughs> totally. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about kind of what brought you uh, to your journey with your your nutrition and, and what you do there. And know I got to hear a little bit of the backstory mm-hmm. and kind of how all of this works together. Mm-hmm. But I'd love if you would share that with our listeners. Sure. So I don't subscribe to any particular nutrition program, so to speak, right? I'm I'm more interested in my clients reconnecting and hearing their body's actual, like what it's actually saying. And so I put them through like a slow elimination detox type diet. And and I hate using the word diet because the diet industry has completely corrupted that word. But I guess technically this is because it's not a long-term thing. Like, so I slowly, like we we remove something from the diet every week for a while. And then there's a point in within the middle where it's like just really healthy greens and and proteins, however you consume proteins. And what I have found that that is like one of the hardest parts for people because they don't have the go-to foods to to help them cope with any crazy stressors that may also be going on with their lives. So this is the point of the program that I really get to help them do the introspective work and some of that that shadow work. I mean, throughout the whole thing, we're, we're using, I'm using awareness, like I'm teaching them about how the commercials use their minds and their bodies against them and um, teaching them like how foods tend to respond in the body and the nutrient um, values or not. Cause I know everybody's body is different and receives things differently. So I'm just increasing awareness, how your body responds to certain foods. And then once we get to that middle part, and then once we start introducing foods back, then you actually get the real message that your body is telling you about your food. Because right now you can hear like sometimes you get a stomach ache, but for the most part, we tend to not correlate the headache and, and the leg pain and the, the indigestion. Well, the indigestion people usually correlate with food, but not the headache or the leg pain. Like for me, I experienced gluten-free crust pizza once and I got a migraine. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And so like a couple of weeks later, I ate the same pizza again. I got a migraine. I was like, huh. And then I, again, like a couple of weeks later, I ate the not the one that wasn't gluten-free and I didn't get the headaches. Everything else was the same. All the ingredients were the same. And I was like, interesting. What in the world is in that gluten-free? Yeah. So just really helping people become really aware of how the food, their body's speaking to them with all the chemicals and stuff. The body's so confused at the moment. like. Because it's so inundated with the sugars and the chemicals from the foods that we're eating. So that's why the cleanse. And then when you reintroduce, you can actually hear what the body's saying. Like a lot of times people don't realize that broccoli is kind of sweet because they've got our taste buds have been just so inundated with all the sugars and all the foods that you don't really taste things the way they really taste. And so a lot of times you'll figure out like, oh, I really didn't like that. I thought I liked that, but no, I don't <laughs> because it's you get the real sense of what it tastes like. 
And a lot of times with coffee, people think they like coffee, but no, they just like all the cream and sugar that they're adding to their coffee. I love black coffee personally. So I get excited when somebody actually loves black coffee. I'm like, see, but yeah, so just really being cognizant of that and just asking yourself, like, why am I eating this? And just trying to connect with the reason behind it. And if possible, if it's an emotional connection type thing, like don't go to the food, call somebody who can give you that emotional connection as opposed to the food so that you tra- you're retraining your body and retraining your mind. Because a lot of this stuff is habitual. Like it, our brains are designed to find habits so that it doesn't have to expend so much energy now, figuring things out, right? So whether it doesn't care if it's a good habit or a bad habit. So if you're struggling to do good habits, just know that it's just your brain trying to protect you and you can shift it. It just takes a little more effort. And then at one point, at some point, it won't be effort anymore. So mm-hmm. I actually gave up coffee probably two years ago mm-hmm. because I started feeling like, you know, I just feel like crap in the morning after I mm-hmm. drink it, like mm-hmm. more tired, kind of nauseous. And so what I found was, is I actually needed to give up the creamer and cause I loved creamer more than coffee. <laughs> yep. And it made me feel a million times better. I, I don't drink it now, but there's that listening to the body piece, right? We kind of had talked at one point about how bo- people a lot of times treat their body as a machine. Like yeah. you're just supposed to consume this and be fine with it. And don't pay any attention to how it's actually affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we forget that a lot of things that we're eating right now were introduced only like thousands of years ago, but our bodies have been evolving for millions. Right. And so it hasn't built up the ability to figure out what to do with those chemicals that they're, that we're introducing. So one of my favorite courses I had taken, it was advanced biochemistry and I'm I'm not going to geek out too much on you guys, but one of the things that I, I I hadn't realized before taking that class is your body literally takes the food that you're consuming, breaks it down, makes new cells, and it rebuilds like within your body. And if you have these non-functional substances, your body's like, I kind of don't know what to do with this because it's not organic. I, I, what, do, what do I do with this? So that's when like cells get corrupted and the increased chances of dis-ease and all that stuff happens because it's like, I don't, I'm an organic substance trying to figure out what to do with this non-organic stuff that you just put in here. So mm-hmm. even just looking at it from that perspective, it makes you not, it makes you really question like, what am I eating? Yeah. So you're, you're kind of working with people, it seems like to deprogram them in a lot of ways, yeah. like body and mind mm-hmm. and kind of do, do a reset, a reboot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I want to just switch gears a little bit because Mm -hmm. I um, know there's another part of your story that we haven't quite talked about yet. And that's that you were in the military for 20 Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. It's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that and that part of your story. I actually went into the reserves when I was 17, still in the high school and civil affairs. Then I came on active duty when I was 19 as a pharmacy tech. And then I went into IT and I, I spent most of my career in the DC area. I spent one year in Korea, which was interesting, but pretty much in the DC area. So it, it's not the army that people envision <laughs> because this area is a lot different. It's a lot more commercial for lack of a better word, as opposed to like grunt or field type stuff. But I will say, if nothing else, I the army like kept me going every day just because the consequences of not coming to work were too great. Like it could affect your the rest of your life. If you got put out of the army for not doing something right and you had a dishonorable discharge, like pe- employers look at that, right? So the fa- despite the fact that I was depressed and many times didn't want to come to work. I went to work because, you know, I didn't want the consequences of not going to work. So I can definitely appreciate that because who knows where I would be these days. <laughs> but yeah, so it is it definitely. And I would I honestly think everybody should go into the army for like two years or military for just two years and get away from the house, like home state, because it's so easy to stay complacent and and not grow and learn and when you're exposed to different 
cultures and even if it's just a different state you just you're you don't realize how blinded you know how i always think about the horses and they put the blinders so they don't see you know out, but just straightforward and I, I just like everybody should just take the blinders off for just a year or two and and realize because a lot of times people feel so unfulfilled because they're they're doing what they think people expect them to do and they aren't exposed to what could be and so when you're exposed to what could be it gives you a sense of oh what else is there and you get to kind of really that's another way to connect with yourself especially if you are in a place where you don't know anybody you kind of have to figure some stuff out mm -hmm. so um going to korea was very interesting in that aspect too because i lived out in on the economy in korea there was no i don't know i think at the time they were letting people in my pay grade live on the economy instead of in the barracks on the base so it was nice it was an interesting culture I, i've enjoyed the food and stuff. So I'm always looking for authentic Korean food around here. But yeah, so it's just, a, it's definitely an opportunity for growth, sometimes forced growth. Like, you know, when you experience trauma, it's not the most, at least when I was in, it's not the most accepting of that circumstance. Like it, you got, they don't have time to, to deal with that, right? You got to figure it out and keep it moving. They're working on that a lot. They got the Master Resilience Trainer Program where people could train each other, build up their resilience with dealing with things. And they do have the option to go see a therapist off the record, for lack of a better word. So that I'm glad that they're moving. And, and especially with COVID, mental health is becoming a lot more, less of a stigma, which is nice too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe not as nurturing of maybe grow, well, you know, doing the deeper work. Yeah. You yeah. kind of put your head down and push through, which I think is our society's kind of, you know, way of doing things in general. Just act like everything's fine. Put a smile on your face. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Sometimes I can see the benefit of that, right? But most of the time, it's just covering up the the deeper issues or the deeper things that we need to be dealing with yeah because of that i am a fan of figuring out how to heal yourself in your own like when because that's what i i had to do i mean i did see therapists but it didn't feel productive i got a lot more done and a lot more healing just doing my own thing like my own research and reading and understanding and and so i i pressed that upon clients that I work with when they're when they're dealing with things like here are some things you can try see how that feels for you right because I know not everybody responds to you know everything the same so I have a bunch of tools in my toolbox on how you can kind of work within yourself but the biggest thing is to not be afraid of sitting with those emotions because they can be scary and I was I don't remember what book I was listening to but I remember I think they said scary doesn't mean dangerous right it doesn't mean it's going to kill you so it may be scary, but I also know when you get on the other side of that, you feel like you can conquer the world. So I, I like, love sharing that with people because when you're thinking about sitting through, you're like, I don't know what emotions are going to come up. I don't know. You know what I mean? So it is a scary place to be, but it's so much better on the other side. Yeah. 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 We have to get uncomfortable mm -hmm. to grow for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. I'm like, totally beating myself up about something I said just a little bit ago. So I just want to make sure that I'm being as anti-racist and aware as possible. Sure. <laughs> and I feel like my words weren't quite right a second ago. Sure. So I just want to make sure that I note that and yeah. apologize for yeah. that if that was offensive. Well, one thing I do know and people don't tend to realize is that being offended is a choice, but and it's hard for people to even fathom that and they get offended by that. <laughs> so just for me, just know for me, I wasn't offended. I, I know we all have different understandings of things and we only know from our perspective and we do our best to try to understand other people's perspective. But if you're not sitting in that, you just, you can only feel what you feel, you know? So I don't yeah. take offense. I want to make sure I'm saying things, you know, in the most loving, kind, respectful way yeah. possible. Yeah, so, I don't disagree. And I, yeah. I same, same. <laughs> and it's hard for me because I'm like, 
just with what I do, I'm like, I know you can do this. I got to find that balance of get your shit together. <laughs> and I understand how scary this can be. So it's like, what words convey both of that? Yeah, I think that's a great thing to dive into, too, because I know I know for you, you've said that you're really passionate about people taking ownership for their emotions and their responses to things. And so maybe this is a good point for you to kind of dive into what you mean by that. Yeah. So as hard as it is to fathom, our response to stuff is a choice, right? And granted, a lot of times it's automatic, but if you find that it's not serving you like emotionally, like if, like for me, I, me and road rage, I'm like, I am so quick to just like, and then I remind myself, it's a choice. I am literally choosing to get mad at these people who are not even thinking about me. But it's such a habit that I'm like, did you just cut? You know, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what's interesting about that, too, is there's, you know, anger. Their anger is not anger is just the tip of it. Like there's something deeper than anger. So I like to share with my clients that the feelings wheel, because a lot of times anger is really just you feeling betrayed or is really you just feeling so disrespected. Like so when somebody cuts you off, it feels like you got they completely disrespected your space or, you know, anything. And so it's that's one that's a good way to just kind of start learning to pay attention to how you respond to things and getting angry like that does not serve you because like your stress hormones are up and it just does internal damage that we don't even really think about all the chemicals that we create when we're having those types of emotions. So that's one thing that's helped me not do that so much. (laughs) It's like, do I really want to put this in my body right now or create, have my body create these hormones? It doesn't have to protect me because you know, your body doesn't know the difference between an actual lion and your perceived stress, right? So it's still going to create the same hormones and, and at chronically doing that is very damaging internally and emotionally. So I'm, I just like to press upon folks to just become aware that your responses to things is a choice. Now, granted, you don't want people to take advantage of you. So how do you, you know, address that? You figure out like, is it, well, when you address it, don't make it an emotional thing, right? Just Say this is this is what I prefer. You can you can come from at different angles. You can figure ask the person like what did they mean? Because you know if you have an emotional response, you're you're receiving that from the way you interpret it. But they could possibly be you know they could just suck at communicating and they could have meant something completely different. And then you just went into a tizzy for no reason. Mm-hmm. So just kind mm-hmm. of being knowing that not everybody communicates the same. So you can come at it from that angle. Or you could figure out if it's something worth bringing up or just letting it go. So just really being aware of the way your body responds, the way your mind is a choice and is it serving you? If it's something abusive, yes, speak up because what you allow will continue. And so if you don't check people, then it will keep going, right? So especially people who are like completely unaware, like there's this, there's a guy that, that I vend with sometimes he well he'll be vending at the same time and he he gets he's a close talker <laughs> and I'm like why are you so close in my space can you just back yeah. up a little bit like without being offensive or anything but just knowing like how do you feel and just being able to express yourself and just being really really aware of the thoughts that you have and the the internal feelings and if you notice that some of your feelings don't match what happened, then that has nothing to do with what just happened. Does that make sense? I was talking to somebody about that where I got mad at my aunt for making a decision for everybody and not asking, you know, for any input. And it took a minute, it took like probably a year for me to figure out when I started really doing some introspective work. Clearly that was still on my mind. I realized that, you know, when I had been assaulted, I didn't, the choice was taken away from me. Right. And so when she took the choice away from me for something that I was angry. So just realizing too, that your response to things could also be something that hasn't been so really taken notice and being very aware of yourself is, is really helpful so that you don't feel like, why does this keep happening to me? Cause you know, you don't, if you don't take responsibility for things, stuff will keep happening and you'll be like, what the heck? And you feel it feels powerless when you don't really learn 
learn about yourself and your emotions and triggers and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really picture like what you're saying as you're kind of taking yourself or your clients from that more like superficial level of functioning, where I think at that superficial level, a lot of times that's the level of being a victim. And, you know, things, everything happens to me, I have no power in my life, to really diving deeper into their own feelings and the deeper you know, I, I just think of like better stuff that's down there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. where our power lies too. And that's where we yeah. can be empowered in our lives and in ourselves. And so it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It can be scary at first and it can also <laughs> a little disheartening sometimes when you learn some things about yourself and you're like, damn, I should probably change that. And and so be okay with that. Like there's no judgment. You only know what you know. You know what you know when you know it, mm-hmm. right? What do you do next? You sit there in that knowing and not do anything or you want to move forward and make some changes. And sometimes the changes will require help and sometimes you can't do it by yourself. Sometimes and by help, I mean help with learning how to do it by yourself. Because sometimes you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't, you know, it can be a lot, especially if you got a lot of um, things you have to process. This is just baby steps, figuring out the baby step blueprint for, for starting. Mm-hmm. You're listening to a podcast on the Loudspeaker Network. To find other podcasts and unique programming, visit www.loudspeaker.fm. Loudspeaker, diverse voices, unique sound. Hey, I'm Carmel Holt, inviting you to join me for Shiro's Radio. Each week, we amplify women's voices in music across genres and generations. This week, our Shiro in the spotlight is Shirley Manson of Garbage. My generation are instructing the generations behind us that you can be working in your 50s, you can be working in your 60s, 70s. Patti Smith's doing it. You can do it too. Listen to Shiro's Radio every week and be sure to check out Shiro'sRadio.com. Tune in and turn up the volume. Yeah, really even like I think too, just being able to say, okay, I'm ready. You know, mm-hmm. I'm ready to bring this awareness into my life. I'm ready to get uncomfortable. I'm ready to kind of move forward differently and how how powerful that is just to put ourselves in alignment with the the universe to say, okay, <laughs> even though that's Absolutely. scary. <laughs> yeah, because, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I know about you is that you're an empath and I I think this is a really important thing to talk about because I think there's so many people walking around in our world that have no idea what that means, that have no idea that maybe they're an empath and, and how it's affecting them. And so I would love to hear about your experience with that. Before I, I get an answer that, I wanted to make a point too, because you were saying people are ready to get uncomfortable. Two things I want to point out. One, where they are has made them so uncomfortable that they are to to go into a better place, right? But I also am very aware that because it's scary to change, sometimes staying uncomfortable in the in the uncomfortable uncomfortable is is easier, right? So I definitely when people come to me, I like celebrate with them the fact that they are ready to get out of their comfort zone of discomfort. Right. So that's just, I wanted to to point that out too, because a lot of times we don't realize we're like, why do we keep staying here? It's because it's what we know and the unknown is what's scary. So having somebody there to walk with you through that makes it a little bit easier. Totally. Yeah. Um, Thank you. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yes, what I've learned is it can affect you in ways where especially for me where I'll, I'll have, I'll be having a good day. And all of a sudden I feel like sad or angry or frustrated. I'm like, what in the world? And it's the, the possibility that 
somebody entered into the, my space, like somebody I either spoke with or walked by and I kind of absorbed whatever energy that they had. Cause you know, energy is transferable, right? I like to use the analogy, like because pe people are like, what is that? And anybody has gone into a room and they could feel like the tension in the room or the excitement in the room, that's energy. You can, that's just such a high energy. Most people can feel it, but empaths tend to feel things that people don't even notice. Like I remember there's a lady, I was having a particular, really down weekend like a couple several years ago and i went to a conference that this lady was putting on and she gave me a hug i was smiling she gave me a hug and she backed away she's like what's because <laughs> she is also an empath i'm like see people would <laughs> but you can feel that energy and so i i like to share like if you feel like you have you're having an experience that doesn't match how you were feeling before it could very well be that um, somebody entered into your space that that transferred that energy or you absorbed. So ha that's where being very compassionate and kind to yourself is very helpful instead of beating yourself up. Um, also, like, what is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. Just just know how to to address like if you're feeling certain type of ways. Like I had a friend and I'm happy to do. She gave me a prayer of protection that you could say, like, before you leave the house to just kind of put this shield of protection so that you don't absorb people's energy to that degree and then there's one like at the end of the day that you can like if there's anything that attaches you are free to go you know mm, that's yeah. i could put those in the show notes if you want to send them to me yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just really understanding that i didn't know that before i don't i just from reading and trying to figure out figuring out what's wrong with me air quotes why am i so sensitive and, and yeah. yeah because our i mm -hmm. I don't think our, again, our society is very encouraging or nurturing or conducive to empaths. And, you mm -hmm. know, as a therapist, I, for a long time, I saw, you know, a lot of teenagers and it was so mm -hmm. interesting to me over time, I started to realize most of these teenagers are probably empaths that are coming into mm -hmm. therapy and they mm -hmm. feel like there's something wrong with them. They're isolated. They don't understand why they don't, you know, have the same feelings as their friends do, why they can feel more than their friends do. And yeah. it was such a correlation uh, between the teenagers who are struggling and the teenagers who are empaths. And I see it, I think, with adults too. But in my opinion, it's a superpower. I like to frame it as, you know, you're kind of like Spider-Man. You, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can absorb all these things or see or notice all these things that other people can't. And But that's also very overwhelming too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I spent so many years with so many. I was like, like hyper emotional, or, or so I thought, right? I was, it just felt my own emotions were so overwhelming a lot of the time. And which is why, like, shadow work never even crossed me. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that because I will not survive my emotions. I don't know what was going to happen if I try to address some stuff. But I got to a point where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is just, too much there's got to be more to life than this i i, I can't be unhappy all the time <laughs> even though like i always remind people like a smile doesn't mean that somebody's okay it just means that they don't want to talk about what's going on in their mind that inner turmoil that an empath usually can see <laughs> because they they feel the energy mm -hmm. behind it like if you don't understand it that's what's going on and, and another thing is too like people are like you're so sensitive they they treat it like it is a weakness. And so until you grasp the fact that it's a strength and how to use it as a strength, you will feel like weak because the society is like, they love high energy, extroverted, A-type people. That's like who they show on TV as to be the, like, the better of, you know, and they show like sensitive people as weak. Yeah, you have an insight that they can't even fathom. Yeah, you know, and not saying that there's anything wrong with them, but we need everybody in the in the world. Like we all can work together and really make things so much better by working together and, and accepting every everybody's gifts. Mm -hmm. Growing up in a religious household, when you have visions and feelings and stuff like that, you don't talk about that. Not if you don't have 
anybody who has, if you've never heard, first of all, you won't even recognize what's going on because that has never been spoken about. And then because it's never been spoken about, you're not going to speak about it either. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's another thing that contributes to questioning, like, what is wrong with me? Because you're, you're like, they don't have that. Yeah. Of course, of course, you don't realize that they're probably just not talking about it either. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, paying attention to that. I'm like, girl, you just opened a whole new topic. That we- <laughs> Yes, I grew <laughs> up in a very religious, very, you know, fundamental Christian household with lots of rules and lots of you're going to hell if, you know. And so there were so many parts of me that I had to deny and thought, you know, there was something wrong with me. And so not until I got older and started to, well, I wouldn't not even, I mean, I'm 41 years old. I feel like I just in the last five years started to have the courage to challenge uh, those Mm -hmm. things, even though my whole life, I felt like this just doesn't seem right. (laughs) But I was so afraid to, to, to challenge that. Yeah. Yeah. I, we are literally in the same boat. Like it was same here last three to four years, um, last three to four years. It's something that happens when you're in your forties, <laughs> just you start to wake up. A Thank little bit goodness. More. Um, but I want to waken people up beforehand. So they have even more life. Totally. To but, but yeah, you, I was afraid to question it too. But as I was growing up, I was like, some of this doesn't make sense to me. So I definitely encourage question in a way of curiosity, not in a way of like, this is wrong, right? There's so many beliefs that that are instilled into you as a child. Parents doing the best that they can, they only knew what they knew. And that's where a lot of pain comes from too. The, the parents inadvertently creating some other form of mental trauma. So just, it's okay to question what your parents taught you. It's okay to step into and figure out what you know, you, who you are and what works for you and, and things like that. Cause a lot of people feel like they're betraying, you know, their parents or, or, you know, and it's like, but you are a grown adult now. You're, you don't have to follow that if it doesn't feel right for you. So being okay with that is also something that I work with people on because it, it can be, especially people who are, tend to be loyal or obliging. So just like, but how is that serving you? Um, like they're not worried about they're fine. <laughs> and you're up here stre- mm. stressing because you're trying to live up to whatever they said to do. And I'm like, how is that? That's not helpful for you. Yeah. And I know my upbringing was so fear-based that mm-hmm. it was literally like I thought, if I look at anything else, I am going to burn in hell. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. That was really, you know what I mean? That's a really scary thing to to challenge, right? It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, if I go outside of this, is my, this is literally going to be, I'm damned for all eternity. And so that's a right. really powerful control tactic. We will not get into the <laughs> commercials and media and all that. Cause same thing, like the news, fear, they use fear a lot. Mm-hmm. Like with the COVID thing, it was fear based. I started appreciating more when he started having more science sharing that part of it, but the whole fear-based thing just angered me. Yeah. Fear is (laughs) really like a way to control. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad or good about the, the vaccine and all that stuff. We make our choices, you know, we do what's best for ourselves, but I just don't appreciate the way they put it out there. But it was a book that I was reading and by reading, I mean listening too, because who sits still that long? <laughs> we are more similar every every second. Um, he was talking about loving from a place of fear versus a place of actual love. I, I have to. I think I even bookmarked it. I'm probably going to write an article about it because it was just so interesting. You love because you're afraid of this happening if you don't, or you know, a, a, people who who are very giving. Like, are you giving because you're worried if you don't give, you won't have the kind of love or are you giving because you really want to give and that's who you are? And for me, I realized I was giving to be accepted, right? Like I would always offer, can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? And I had a millionaire mentor tell me, he was like, stop doing that. Like he probably 
felt felt the energy behind my giving. It wasn't me giving from a place of just me giving. It was from a, are you going to accept who I am type thing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like a thing reaction. So just kind of really paying attention to that because that, that feeds your subconscious that you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're not on the right level, whatever. So just being cognizant of from what place are you giving and sharing with people too, because that's really important Mm. for you mentally. Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. It's a good awareness to have. I, as you're Mm -hmm. talking, I'm thinking about, Hmm, what to, (laughs) you know, and I think it in, yeah, for sure. In certain situations in particular in my life, I can see like it being that wanting to be accepted piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's so hard for people to say no sometimes. Right? Mm-hmm. But they say no to themselves and not everybody else. The client that I work with, I, I was like, what, what if you say yes to yourself for a change? And she started doing that. And I was like, the only thing is you have to be prepared. And I warn them that when you start saying no to people, you're going to see them. Right. right? They're going to show their true intentions. Like if they really love you and you say no to them, they will accept that. And I'm not saying that they don't love you if they have an attitude. They're just they're in their own head and they got their own stuff to deal with. That That's clearly something that triggered for mm-hmm. them. But you still have to take care of you. And so she was like a whole different person by the time we finished working together because she started saying yes to herself. And I like to put it to use this analogy. Like if you had a friend who you always asked to do something and they kept telling you no, you would just stop talking to them, right? It's literally what you're doing to yourself when you keep denying yourself things that you want to do, right? You're saying no to yourself all the time. What are you telling yourself like subconsciously? Like, I don't want to even be with you. So start saying yes to yourself on little things and it'll just, it'll change who you are and how you show up in the world too. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah. I need to sit (laughs) on that one because we do, we have the answers inside of us. We have the, all the things we need are already there, but we just totally don't listen or. Yeah. We don't trust Yeah. So starting to say yes to yourself will build that trust. I love that. Mm, Mm -hmm. It's good. What do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? Yeah, that whole introspective learning to be my friend, (laughs) learning to befriend myself was very, very important and very helpful because that, that makes myself whole so that when I'm showing up, I'm able to be there for people like wholly. Okay. And then walking away from this episode, what do you want to make sure that people know? That scary doesn't mean dangerous. And as they sit through those scary emotions, they will survive and come out on the other end, the most powerful version of themselves. And every time they do it, they'll become even more powerful and they will trust themselves a lot more. For me, it was just so empowering after going through like, it was a whole week of like, shit (laughs) just dealing with my stuff and at the end I was like I felt so much lighter like physically and energetically and so I just want that for others so that they can go live their best lives and be their best version of themselves Mm -hmm. yeah there's so so much freedom in that I know you also go well you you go by Nikki so Mm -hmm. in your your business is called Be Well with Nikki and you've really you've yeah. developed a the Nikki method, which I don't know yes. if you want to talk about that really quickly. Yeah. So the Nikki method is is kind of what we kind of been talking about doing the introspective work. And so Nikki, the N stands for notice. So that's when you I increase your awareness about, you know, the way you talk to yourself internally and externally about yourself as well and the things that you eat and how they affect you. I is the introspective work. That's when you're really doing a deep dive into your triggers and things like that. And as you're doing that, you're building K, which is knowledge. And while you're doing that, also bring some kindness to yourself because you're going to get frustrated because you're going to be like, why didn't I know this? So just be kind to yourself and then you'll just improve from there. And that's the last I. So mm. continual improvement. We'll always be doing that. So yeah. And be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you've created your own, your own way of doing it, which is so, feels so like 
in in touch and in alignment with who people really are. Not so many of other people's methods are you need to do A, B, C, D in like mm-hmm. a one size fits all. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you just do this. But mm-hmm. I think we, we both know that there is no one size fits all. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So really leading people back to themselves. Yep. Which yep. is a beautiful thing. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So how can people find you? I will have links uh in the show notes, but tell them about, you know, where you typically hang out, what social media do you like the most? How can they get mm-hmm. in touch with you? <laughs> I'm be well with Nikki everywhere. So if you look on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I just started playing with TikTok just, just for the, see how that yeah. goes. I am be well with Nikki. And yeah, I would definitely love to connect if you have any questions. I do a quick free 20 minute call. Mm-hmm. And my website is also be well with Nikki.com. There's a contact us. But if you go in my my bio on Instagram, there's it is a direct link to booking a quick call with me too. Awesome. So, yeah, you're and yeah. you're offering ten complimentary wellness audits to the first first ten people who reach out to you. Yeah, awesome. and then you also have a Sunday night show on Facebook, right? Yeah, it's Sundays one p.m. Eastern. It broadcasts live on my Facebook page and and YouTube. So if you search "Be Well with Nikki" on any, any of those one p.m. Eastern standard, I always have a guest on there. We're always talking about wellness. This Sunday, actually, I have someone who who does tapping. She's also a health coach, um, but she she will talk about relieving stress and changing habits and things like that. So I'm excited to talk with her. Her name is Rachel. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you guys could tune in and check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So just all Thank different you. kinds of wellness and, and mm-hmm. that personal growth that people can, you know, I know you've referred a few times to find it you learn it you know there's so much out there to to learn and that we have access to and so that's something you're providing in the show as well exactly yeah it's like exposure like there look at all these options like this buffet try different things on and see what works for you so yeah see what resonates Thank you for listening to the We Podcast. What a beautiful conversation with Nicole. I appreciate her insight and her wisdom and her heart for others so much. So don't forget to be a friend to yourself. As always, I'd love to hear about your thoughts, takeaways, or favorite moments from the episode. Post this episode on social media with your biggest ahas and make sure to tag me, tag Nicole, so that we can see it and interact. Also, make sure you're following me and the Wee Spot so that we can stay connected. This show is produced by Loudspeaker Networks. Also, credit to my talented daughter for creating my show music. You can find more of the Wee Podcast as well as many other awesome things on the network at loudspeaker.fm. If you heard something that touched you, don't forget to share with your friends. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, show up for the hard conversations, choose growth, and always know that you are not on this journey alone. See you next time. This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.